0: Welcome to Calvary Revival Church Podcast, where we exist to know God, live generously, discover purpose, and make a difference. Wherever you are listening from, our desire is for this practical teaching to make a difference in your personal life and in the lives of the people and community around you. And now, let's prepare ourselves for an uplifting experience.
1: Good morning, everybody. So tap your neighbor and say, I need to step up my flow. Yeah, I need to step up my flow. So I want to talk to you about rebuilding the gates in your life because the gates speak to the flow of the spirit in your life. And I I want to talk about the significance of that. And then I want to talk about the significance of moving forward from that because the Lord wants to establish... His presence in your life. Now, Pastor David and I have been, and man, did Pastor David preach that word last Sunday. Oh, my God. I, I, I tell you, I was, I was in London feeling the shaking over here for, from, from that word Sunday. But when we talk about this rebuilding, we've talked about historically what's happening in the season of Nehemiah. Before Nehemiah, there was the, there was the prophet priest Ezra. Everybody remember that? Ezra. So let me tell you what Ezra did. Ezra rebuilt the temple. Can you say that with me? Ezra rebuilt the temple. So here's what the Israelites had in Jerusalem. They had a, a temple that had been reestablished. Watch. But they had walls that were broken down. Can I say it again? They had a temple that had been reestablished, but they had walls that had been broken down. They had... God working in their heart, but the devil was wreaking havoc in the rest of their lives. Anybody can relate? I'm back in church, but I'm still a mess. I'm praying again, but I can't pray half the time for the bill collectors calling me. I can't get no help in here now. I, 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 I'm praying I love Jesus again but, to, but between the bill collectors the divorce lawyers and, and the folks that I made mad I can't even continue my spiritual life is disrupted I've got a rebuilt temple and broken down walls so God says to Nehemiah I said the temple's been rebuilt but that ain't the end of it I said I'm glad they're worshiping I'm glad they're doing sacrifices and all that again the Lord said I'm glad he said but the walls Of Jerusalem are in disrepair. What does that mean? That means they can go to the temple and do their worship but they got to hurry because by the time they get home everything might be gone. I can't get no help in here. They can go to church but by the time they get to the car the enemy already stole all their joy because they've rebuilt the temple but they got walls that are still broken down walls of mental and emotional health walls of, of finance walls of uh, of professional development uh, walls of how you relate in marriage or with children or with family those walls have been broken down anybody got some walls you want God to rebuild in your life so I'm glad how I many of y'all glad that the temple's been established but aren't you glad that the Lord didn't stop with Ezra and the rebuilding of the temple? But he sent Nehemiah, said, now let's go get the walls back up too. Because I want them to be in a position of strength so that they not only have temple worship, but they got protection around their houses. See, I, I don't, I don't want to I don't have to come to church, watch, as a hiding place from my home. That's why some of us don't care if church go four hours. <laughs> Preach on, Bishop. Let the Lord use you. Because I don't want to go home. And some of us don't want to go home and ain't nobody there but us. Some folks don't even want to be by themselves with themselves. So it's not even always about what other people are doing. It's about oftentimes what's happening inside me. But I want to tell you this, that we're going to take... 15, 20 seconds and give God praise for it when I tell you, God does not want you half rebuilt. So, so I'm gonna read to you from Nehemiah 2. I'm gonna try, not, this morning, y'all, I couldn't get through the scriptures without teaching and preaching halfway through. But I'm gonna try this time to read all the way through and then start teaching after I finish reading the five, just only five scriptures that I'm gonna to read to you, six scriptures, and then I want to talk a little bit about rebuilding the gates of your life. We'll talk about gates. I need you to take some notes a little bit this morning so you stop texting your cousin. I need you to use your phone for something that's valuable this morning. So, because I, I, I need you to remember some of this this morning. Rebuilding the gates of your life, back into the flow of the Spirit. Nehemiah two eleven through 16. So I arrived in Jerusalem Three days later, I slipped out during the night, taking only a few others with me. I had not told anyone about the plans that God had put in my heart for Jerusalem. We took no pack animals with us except the one donkey that I was riding. After dark, some I holler after dark. (laughs) After dark, I went out through the valley gate, past the jackal's well, and over to the dung gate. That's an interesting place. To inspect the broken walls and the burned gates. So how I many know the walls were made of gates? There were gates that connected the walls. That's why the gates have to be corrected so that the flow is right because you got to have the right kind of flow through the gates in order to maintain uh, the integrity of, of the walls. Then I went to the fountain gate and to the king's pool, but my donkey couldn't get through the rubble. So though it was still dark, I went up the Kidron Valley instead inspecting the wall before I turned back and entered again at the valley gate. The city officials did not know I had been out there or what I was doing, for I had not yet said anything to anyone about my plans. I had not yet spoken to the Jewish leaders, the priests, nobles, the officials, or anyone else in the administration. Father, thank you for the reading of the scripture. Cause the word to come alive and let the life in the word become life in us. In Jesus name. Amen. Tap your neighbor and tell them God's going to pull you back in the flow. He's going to pull you back in the flow. And we're going and I, one of the things that I want you to do right here at the beginning is I want you to write down an area of your life where you feel there's not a consistent flow of the Spirit in that area of your life. I want you to write down. And don't look at me like you ain't got none. Because I ask your family, and they'll put you on front street and talk about all 15 that you got. So get you one, write it down. I'm not talking about something that your family thinks you need to work on. I'm talking about something that you know that you need to work on. Amen? Start with what you are clear on. How many of you? There are some areas in your life you think you need to work on, but you ain't clear yet. Wave at me. Anybody got some lack of clarity? Okay, so let me help you with the with what the Lord spoke to my heart this week during prayer. He said, "Tell folks," and he told me, of course, first, because I got to handle my business too. "Tell folks to begin to deal with the stuff that you are clear on, rather than sitting around asking for clarity about what you're not clear on." Work on what you are clear on. And the Lord said, and I'll give you clarity in the other stuff if you'll start with what you know. Is that a word for anybody in the building? If you'll start with what you know, God said, I'll increase your clarity of vision for the other gray areas. Amen? So who got at least two things? You ain't got to tell us what they are. Got at least two things that you know the Lord needs to work on with you. How many of those of you who are honest enough say you got at least a couple of things, if you was to write down all the stuff your family think about you, you'd have about 17 more. Right, all right. And the truth is they might be right. Might not be, but they might be. But you don't even have to start there. Start with what you know needs to be worked on. And then in time, you'll have the clarity and the faith to address some of the other areas. Now, Let's talk a little bit about Nehemiah's little trip because uh, it's dark, Nehemiah slips out. He says, that's what the words say. He said he slipped out to go investigate the gates. Two or three things happen here that I think are, are important. He moves in the dark and he's moving by faith because the only power that can help you here is the power of God's spirit. Do not need to say that again? The only real power that can help you here, this can't be the power of positive thinking. This can't be the power of mind over matter. This can't be I'm a great person so I can do this. You're not that great and neither am I. I need God's help to do this. And so Nehemiah, whose name in Hebrew is not Hamaya, breath of God, breath of Jehovah or spirit of God his very name embodies what is needed in order to rebuild we must have the power of the Holy Spirit in order to rebuild And when I say we must have the power of the Holy Spirit, I'm not playing church games. I'm not being religious. I mean that you have to daily surrender your life to the Holy Spirit. Say, Holy Spirit, I want you to take over my life today. I want you to rule my life today. I want your word to flow through me today. Holy Spirit, I need you, which means in the morning there must be some acknowledgement that I'm not going at this on my own. But I'm trusting the Spirit of the Lord to go with me. So, no power other than the Spirit. The second thing I want to note about the journey, even before we start talking about the gates, is that no others knew of his plans. You see, sometimes we spend too much time trying to get other people to agree with us. This is your issue. You need to work on it. You don't need to ask everybody else, y'all feel like I need to work on this? What y'all think? Because your friend's going to give you an excuse say, no, blood, you good. No, says you fine. No, 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 no. God has already shown you what Nehemiah does. He don't broadcast with everybody. Look at somebody and say, everybody don't need to know. Everybody don't, everybody don't, need, to, everybody don't need to know. So I don't share with everybody. Y'all not believe me? Ask my boy Joseph. Don't tell your dreams to everybody. Joey will tell you. He wish he hadn't told them jokers his dream out there. That's what got him hemmed up. And thrown in that pit was telling folks a dream that wasn't ready to hear the dream. There are some things God is doing in you that there's a limited number of people that should be in on that. And I can't get no help in here. Everything ain't for Facebook. Go put your face in this book. You everything, ain't, everything ain't for broadcast. Some things just need to be you and Jesus... And maybe one or two prayer warriors who are walking this thing out with you, and they got to be folk that's got sense. Because they don't do good if you ain't putting it on Facebook, and then they going to post it. Thank you. Really? So, so, so there's got to be a limited number of folk involved uh, in the plans, who know the plans. And then watch this. To go even further with this privacy issue, he only took a few with him. He only took a few with him. Uh, sometimes, can I tell you that Sometimes your challenge is you got too many folk with you. Ask your boy Gideon. He'll tell you. You start out with 32,000 troops and get it pared down to 300. Now, I need to ask y'all a question. Y'all think with me a minute. Why would God take your 32,000 down to 300 when you're fighting 350,000? 350, Between 350,000 and half a million was the other army. Bible said they was like ants and, and insects on the, on the hills. There were so many of them. So now they got three or four hundred thousand. I ain't got but thirty two thousand. Why in the world the Lord going to send. What thirty one thousand nine hundred home. And leave me with three hundred. Because there's always the possibility that if we have too many folk with us. Somebody will get the glory other than God. But when God brings it down, then at, when God minimizes your troops, he maximizes his glory. You write that down somewhere. That'd be in a book one day. When God minimizes your troops, he maximizes his glory. And so there wasn't a whole lot of folk with our God, Nehemiah. So let's talk about there were 10 gates. Let me just take you through what a few of them were. I won't give you all of them because we're only going to talk about three. I hope we can talk about three. But there was a a valley gate, a dung gate, a fountain gate, a water gate. Yep, they had a water gate then too. A horse gate, (laughs) an east gate, an inspection gate, an old gate, a fish gate, a sheep gate. Now, let's talk for a minute about why gates are important. Same reason it's important for your life. The Lord will set up the walls of protection around you. But if you don't monitor who flows in and what flows out, you'll self-sabotage. Y'all didn't hear it. I'm going to say it again. I said God can set up the walls around you, try to protect you. But if your gates are busted, then the wrong thing flows in and the right stuff don't flow out. Did y'all note that one of the gates was a dung gate? It's just what you think. It's the sewage gate. Let your neighbor and say some stuff needs to flow out. And can you see that there's some places in your life that's messed up because you let some stuff stay in that should have gone out? The breeze won't fix it spray all you want to but if you keep that mess in it's going to corrupt the whole city of your life so, so you hear I, And sewage gate was an easy one to help you see the, the importance of what flows in and what flows out are you hearing me see, are some of y'all getting revelation about your own life see a lot of stuff that you think is the devil is poor decision gates you, you, you just letting stuff in that shouldn't be in. If you let a thief in, he gonna steal. He'll steal the black off that chair. If you let a thief in, you don't let a thief in talking about, well, I think he'll be different. No. No, 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 no. And so what we have done, to, and y'all help me preach this. What we have done is we have let stuff in and then asked God to fix it. Life don't work like that. What you, what you let in now has authority to be itself in your city. I'm talking about the city of your life. So if you let it in, you can't calm it down once it gets in. Now it takes over. It's why you four generations of alcoholics. You probably don't want to be no social drinker, cause social end up me being sloppy drunk. You might just want to let that. You might want to find your high somewhere else, because once you let certain things in, they now have authority. I didn't preach none of this this morning. Y'all stop messing with my word. Let me teach this. So you've, when you let stuff in, so, so flow, gates, and that's when gates get busted. You, it's either a matter oftentimes of something has, has been kept out that you should have let in or something has been kept in that you should have put out. And you ain't got to be ugly about it. You can block him with a smile. But some things you have to... Anyway, so so let's talk about three of the northern gates. We can't talk about all three, y'all, but we can can touch them. Sheep gate, the fish gate, and the old gate. Sheep gate, fish gate, and the old gate. So I want just to help you with some fundamentals of your Christian walk that are going to help you in 2023 to rebuild. We'll start with with the sheep gate. Now, historically, when we talk about the sheep gate, that was, as you would have guessed, it was where the sheep went in and came out. They came into the city to sell, to shear, all that stuff, went back out to eat and all that stuff. Then they came back in, but the sheep went in and out of the gate. Now, let me read to you what Jesus said in John chapter 10. I tell you the truth. Anyone who sneaks over the wall of a sheepfold rather than going through the gate must surely be a thief and a robber. But the one who enters through the gate, somebody say through the gate, is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him. The sheep recognize his voice. Whose voice? Shepherd's voice. That's right. The sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Verse 9, yes, I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved and they will come and go freely. Somebody say, come and go freely. They will come and go freely and will find good pasture. The thief's purpose, here's a contrast. Those who come in and out of me, the gate, like I tell them to, they will come in and out freely and they'll find pasture. they eat and be satisfied. That's verse 9. But then verse 10 says, and y'all never knew these verses were connected, did you? Verse 10, though, says the thief's purpose it is to steal, kill, and destroy. But I came that you might have life more abundantly. What's he saying? You listen to the shepherd's voice, you walk in abundant light. You listen to that other joker's voice, you're going to get destroyed. How simple is that? And so, what the sheep gate then says to us as believers is that we've got to align our lives up with the voice of the shepherd. And we've got to learn how to tune out voices that are antithesis or in opposition to the shepherd. And say, so, you know what? I'm going to begin to listen to what the shepherd says because this is the voice that I follow. Yeah. Now, you'll never be able to rebuild your walls. And two people said amen. The rest of y'all are like, oh, really? This is where we're going? No, yeah, this really is. Because I can teach you a whole lot of great stuff about these other gates. If you don't get this sheep gate thing right, the rest of them ain't going to matter. Because if you don't, if I don't, and I'm still working on it, if we don't learn to daily focus on his voice, not ours or other people's, then we'll always find ourselves, watch this, having to try to pray ourselves out of trouble. Wrong voices, what happens for most of us, we're like the Israelites in the wilderness. Wrong voices get us in trouble, then Jesus has to get us out. But what would be better for us and would create more movement and more success is if we'd stop listening to other voices. Especially, can I talk to you? Can I talk to you about the voices you listen to that say just the opposite of what the word says? The word said, live this way. That voice said, no, it's okay. You do that because the Lord will accept you. The Lord is okay with that. The Lord still likes you. You don't, to, you don't have to do everything that the word says. See, when you hear that, you need to start running. You need to start running. You need to understand, now, uh, I done let the wrong voice up in the gate. I need to do, you, you need to go. So, so, y'all, I'll give you a good example of that. So, uh, so uh, I love golf. I was playing golf with one of my buddies one day. And I hit a very bad shot. And I said, oh, man, slam my club down. He said, Rev, you need to cuss. He said, this is not a lot, I, y'all, I can't make this stuff up, y'all. He said, Rev, you, you need to, he's watching, hey, I know you know who you are. He said, Rev, you need to cuss. He said, Rev, you'll feel better. I thought, well, since I ain't never really cussed before, maybe I would feel better. So you feel, feel better, and I hear the Lord, Lord saying all of what the Lord says about your mouth and guard your mouth and don't say this and don't say that. But my, but my brother said, but you feel better, though. You just, if you just going, when you hit about you, just go ahead and cuss and just get it all out. Inside, because I don't try to be religious, but inside, I said, I rebuke that in Jesus' name. I'm not, I am not cussing, not over no game. I am not cussing. But even now, sometimes when I miss a shot, I can still hear him say, You need to cuss. (laughs) Now, y'all, why am I being that transparent with y'all? Because when you let the wrong voices in, it's hard to get rid of them. If you listen to a voice long enough, That voice will be with you when you don't want, y'all done, you done broke up with them. You can still hear them. You've been playing that song so long, that that song ain't even in no more, but you're still playing in your head. It's still on your billboard top 10 because that voice, that voice is in your mind. It works in the negative and it also works in the positive. You know, my, my kids have told me that after they were grown, they'd be somewhere they had no business being, and they could hear my voice while they was in there. They could hear their mother's voice. They could hear their voice. They're trying to get rid of that voice. Stop following me. But when you let the right voices in, then the right voice will speak up at your most vulnerable moment. Lord, help me today. And... and and it's, so, so, so hear the voice of Jesus and learn how to follow the voice of the shepherd. Now, that's the, that's the sheep gate, and I, and I think that's, uh, that's enough. But, but it's just remember, like we did today, remember that Jesus gave his all for you. He's the your shepherd, not because somebody just made him the shepherd. He died for you. So unless you can find another voice... That's going to go to the cross for you, let them them put spikes in their hands and feet, stab them in their heart, crown their head with thorns, throw them in a borrowed tomb, and they get up for you until you can find them. I say go with Jesus. I say go with the shepherd who lays his, watch, lays his life down for the sheep. I don't have time to teach this, but understand too that sheep bring two things, uh, well, more than two, but at least two things into a community, in an agricultural community. They bring food, somebody say lamb chops, uh, they, they, they bring milk, and, and they bring warmth, because they bring right, they bring wool. So they bring, their, they bring clothing. So a community, oh Lord, is fed and covered when sheep are in their place. Norfolk is messed up because the sheep are not in their place. America is a mess. We need to stop calling other places third world country. This has become a fifth world developing country. We are in a mess because the sheep are out of place and folks that are lost in their sins can't get fed a word or can't get covered by no wool because the sheep are not in their rightful place. When sheep line up at the sheep gate properly, it'll change the world, which leads me to the next gate that was next to them and our final gate probably today, which was the fish gate. Historically for them, again, the the fish was provision for them. Uh, The fish gate was located near the Sea of Galilee and the Sea of Tyre so that it was where the fishing community could fish and then bring the fish through the gate into the city for sale for food for etc all those things happen uh with the fish even some types of fish had uh, had uh, ink in them uh, the uh, the reason purple was such an expensive color was because it was made from the from a fluid inside a rare fish and from that dye they created the color so there was a lot that fish then brought in to the community but here's what I want to read to you when we talk about fish here's how I believe it relates to us as believers Luke 5:10. His partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. Jesus then replied to Simon, or Peter, Don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. One of the reasons I believe that the sheep gate and the fish gate are so aligned is because, watch, Your level of relationship with the shepherd is going to determine your level of influence with the fish. And I'm going to ask you a couple questions. The first one y'all ain't going to get excited about, but the second one you will. My first question for you is, how influential do you want to be? See? Watch the second question. How much money do you want to make? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, Yeah. y'all didn't hee hee on the first one, but y'all did on the second one. You was trying to hold back your excitement because you was was trying to put me out there, but you knew you couldn't hold back. Uh, it, It rose out of you. You know why? Because provision is important to you. Here's what most Christians don't understand because they're bound by these false prosperity teachings. Prosperity is for people who go fishing. Cause God doesn't care whether you drive a Kia or a Lexus. God could care less long as you can get to where you going. And might I help you understand that a car is not a sign of anything. It is a piece of transportation to get you from point A to point B. You need to break the stronghold of that worldly Western European thinking that says what I drive determines who I am. What I drive just determines how I get to where I'm going. And then you route if you want to. I ain't mad at you. Roll deep. But just don't think that makes you any more spiritual than me. What's the most spiritual, anointed, prosperous car you can drive? The one that's paid for. Because the bank owns your car. I don't care how cute it is. What you ought to say is, come see see, see this car that the bank let me drive as long as I pay So when we talk about fishing, we're talking about influence. But you see, your level of influence determines your level of provision. So when you're beginning to influence people for the gospel, for the kingdom, God provides for that. God doesn't provide for people to flex. God provides for people to expand his kingdom. And so when you become a kingdom expander, that means you understand the fish gate. You understand I've got to get my life into a certain place because I am supposed to be influential for Jesus. And so the idea that I don't care what y'all think about me or what y'all say about me is a worldly idea because I am a representative of Jesus. Therefore, I do care what y'all think about me, But if it keeps me from being able to properly represent Jesus. You you hear what I'm saying? In those things that keep me, that will hinder my witness, I am concerned because all my provision has come because I have become an ambassador for the kingdom, and because I am an ambassador who is living in a place that I am not a citizen of. Uh, the earth is not my home. I'm from somewhere else, y'all. I'm from a heaven. I don't. Y'all didn't hear what I said. I'm, I'm in an, an ambassador. My headquarters is in heaven. You know how you know where you really from because when you die, that's where you go back to. So I'm. Going back to the place I've sent from and so while I'm here as long as I'm doing the will of my father he provides for what I need because I'm not trying to do my own will nor am I trying to flex to this folk that I'm in front of I just want to please you therefore he provides everything that I need so that I can do exactly what he's called me to do when I learn how to fish he'll take care of everything I need so what I decided to do, I decided to make my goal in life to see how many people could I catch. Not how much money could I make, how many houses could I get, how many cars could I drive. No, 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 no. I decided at nine years old, God, as many people as I can possibly influence for the kingdom, this is the way I want my life to be measured. I don't want it to be measured by size of my church or any of that stuff because all of that stuff comes and goes. Y'all ain't going to talk to a brother. But here's the thing that will last is what can I do for the kingdom while I'm here? Line up my fish gate so I understand what it means to be influential for the kingdom of God and out of that influence God then provides for me are you hearing me see this fish gate the, the sheep gate piece is to help you check out your attitude toward God's direction the fish gate helps you check out your attitude towards God's purpose how he wants you to live direction what he wants you to do while you're here, purpose. Sheep gate, fish gate. Right up next to the old gate. That's the one that threw me, y'all. And When I did my little bit of research, I did. I need to do some more. But the little bit of research I did said the old gate was called the old gate because it was the old way that they used to enter into Jerusalem. It didn't serve a real purpose because now the city was so big, there were several ways in. But back in the day, the old gate was the way they did it in the old days. Back before they had a rebuilt wall, this was the old gate. So I said, Lord, well, why we need to keep it? He said, because when you step into your new, you need a reference point. You need to every now and then walk past the old gate and say, Lord, I want to thank you that we don't go that way no more. Lord, I want to thank you that we've been delivered from that. Lord, I want to thank you that I'm not that anymore. I may not be where I want to be, but I ain't at the old gate. I need somebody to holler, thank God the old is gone. And, and, and so your, so, so here's, your old gate perspective is simply this. God, thank you that you've delivered me. You are, and you are delivering me. Because deliverance is both a past tense and a present tense word. And it's futuristic as well. So God has delivered you from some stuff. He has, right? He is delivering you, right? Y'all scaring me. Right message, wrong church. Are we okay? And he is going to continue to deliver you. The old gate is my reference point that says that's what it was. This is what it's becoming. But I don't ever want to forget where he brought me from. I don't ever want to forget I, I, I don't ever see here's your perspective about the old gate i never want to walk back through it but i never want to forget it i ain't going back but i'm never going to forget what he did for me that perspective then equips me for my future because i remember now, remember there's 10 gates so we ain't gonna get it all right with just the three but here's the, there are 10 gates. These three, here's where we're starting today. And I don't know how long it may take me to even get to the other seven or if the Lord even wants me to go through all the other seven. But here's my, here's my assignment for you for this week. Well, here's what I'm asking you to do. is No, no, really, y'all, y'all look at me like you're in church. Like, Simon, hey, hey. no, 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 really, this is assignment. I, what I need you to do for the next few times that y'all see me, I need y'all to treat church. And you should do this with, with pastors as well. Treat church like you treated college classes that you paid for. There's a couple of y'all in the building. Y'all young enough, y'all ain't never actually paid for a class yourself. But most of us have had to pay for a class. And when you pay, so let let me hip you to this. When you pay for a class, the teacher better not be late. You better bring your hips on up in here. If you're talking about you had to get some coffee, you better bring your tail on up in this classroom. And I paid $75 for this. Oh, heck no. You coming on time. Right? Am I right, y'all? That's the attitude. When you pay for stuff. You pay for uh, for a service or something. uh, 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 You know, uh, you go to a salon or something. Can we come in talking to you late? And now you ain't going to... My, my massage is now only 12 minutes because you're 35 minutes late? Are you serious? Give me my money. I want you to treat kingdom with that same type of skin in the game attitude. So when you sit here, this ain't entertainment. You got some notes, you go home, you don't put it in your phone, zone out from everybody on Wednesday night, and just zone into what Bishop preached and take 25 minutes and go over everything he said and then check yourself out. I'm telling you, that's where growth comes from. I'm, t- I'm telling you, that's, that's the real deal. So for those of you that are serious, got skin in the game, here's what I want you to do. Number one, I want you to make sure you've identified at least one at the most two areas that you need to increase the flow of the spirit in. And one of the ways you're, you're able to, so it's not just a feeling. Well, I don't feel. No, I want to be more than a feeling. One of the ways you recognize it is because I don't walk in peace in that area, I don't walk in joy in that area, and I really struggle to obey in that area. There's no flow. How many of y'all? There's some areas you just kind of flow in, you know. Praise the Lord! I get to, I get. To. So, so how do you know the difference between an area in your Christian life where you are allowing the Holy Spirit to flow in there and not? Because in the areas where He's flowing, you get to. In the area where He's not, you have to. See, and when it comes to giving, that's a flow for me. That's a Holy Spirit flow because when it comes to giving. I'm like, I get to do this. I get to give God some more money. I can't wait. How much can I give this week? So there's great flow in that. When it comes to being patient, I ain't signing up for the long line. I'll ask Pastor Jean. she'll tell you. She's been with me taking grandkids to theme parks. I'll pay anything for the express line. I about sell one of them to get an express line. <laughs> I cannot wait out here this long, y'all. It's hot. So I need flow in that area. Need, so I've identified that because I ain't got peace in that area. I ain't got joy in that area. And I don't want to do it. <laughs> God, I need your help. So, so, so hopefully I'm helping you. It's the first thing I want you to do. Second thing that I want you to do is I want you to, to ask yourself the question. How aligned is my life with the voice of the shepherd? And where am I out of line? How how much in line am I with his voice? And where am I out of line? For those who are not faint of heart. Finally. On a scale of one to ten. One being the worst, ten being the best. Where is my level of influence For the kingdom and how can I improve that see this is rebuilding the walls y'all it's got to be more than a holler because if all you got is a holler you got Ezra's rebuilt temple but you don't have Nehemiah's rebuilt walls so you can have church but you can't do life and this old man will tell you doing life is a lot harder than doing church phony folk can do church. Doing life is tough. That's why I, Val, honestly, I don't mean no harm, but I could just, folk do it all the time. Without the Holy Ghost Sing, I couldn't. Either way, with or without it. Preach without the Holy Ghost. Shout, holler without the Holy Ghost. But I can't be a husband and a father without the Holy Ghost. I can't do it, y'all. I can't do it. It's hard enough with the Holy Ghost. And so, what we, so, so, so I, we rejoice over Ezra's rebuilding of the temple because that's where it starts. But that can't be where it ends. We got to walk out now with Nehemiah and get in this process of rebuilding walls. So that, we don't, so that our worship life is not disrupted by our natural life. Cause we can't love Jesus for bill collectors and divorce lawyers and all the other not heaven that's going on in our lives at the, at the moment. So, but the Lord wants that for you. So can I pray for y'all? Thank y'all for being patient too. Thank y'all for sticking with the old man today. I've, I'm happy to be with y'all. I've, I'm looking forward to what God's gonna do. July is a huge month of celebration. Lady J and I will celebrate 33 years as pastors this month. So, this is, this is a huge month of celebration. During this month, Pastor Otis Lockett Jr. will be with us, Dr. Darius Daniels will be with us. We're going to have some crazy church around here for the next few weeks. So, you don't want to miss. Which one? Ain't none of your business. Come here every Sunday. Father, thank you for my sisters and brothers. What a joy to be with them today and to share a little bit of what you've been pouring out to me. I want to thank you, Lord, for supernatural anointing that's falling upon us to rebuild walls. Lord, I really want to pray for my sisters who are in the room who have been discouraged in the process of rebuilding. And I want to pray them through some of their hurt, pain, and disappointment. And pray them back to a place of giving you another shot at rebuilding through them. I want to lift up some of my brothers who have felt so much oppression and being minimized and marginalized that they've almost given up. I want to ask for my brothers, my sisters, a renewed sense of I'm not going to quit. Not only am I not going to quit, but I'm going to find a way to do this the Lord's way. I'm not one of those who's going to be somewhere singing, I did it my way, but I'm going to find out how to do this the Lord's way. So I just honor you, Jesus, and thank you for your goodness. Would you all just, uh, as we close today, would you all just stand and thank the Lord for speaking to your heart today? Would you do that just in your own way? You can do that any way you want to. Just thank him for speaking to your heart today. Oh, thank you, Father. And while you're standing let's just pray for people who may be making decisions to give their hearts to Jesus pastors will be up here we got great pastors and leaders and we just honor them today so many of our pastors are in this service and we're so grateful for our pastors and their spouses and so pastors and teams prayer teams will be here so if you give your heart to Jesus or you want to just ask questions about being saved they'll be up here or if you got another need they'll pray for you and as uh, Anton said they can You can get in a connect group uh, as you leave, if you like. But just just pray for a moment. If you're here in the building, you say, Pastor, I, I don't know where I stand with Jesus. Would you pray for me that I'll make the right decisions to serve Jesus? Or if you're here and you say, Pastor, you know, I've slipped away from the Lord, but I want to come back. Or maybe you've never been baptized since you gave your heart to Christ. Or you don't have a church home. If you fall in any of those categories, I want to pray for you now. And I want to start with you just praying this little prayer with me like this. If you want to be saved, pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, I need you. I open my heart and receive you as my Savior. Forgive me, cleanse me, wash me, and make me new. In Jesus' name. Father, if anyone prayed that prayer with us, I pray that you supernaturally touch their hearts right now, draw them to you in a powerful way, cause their whole lives to be changed forever. In the name of Jesus. The Lord bless you amazingly today. I'm going to get you to do something for me, for us, for the kingdom. I'd love it today if, and you know, you find your own way to say it but I'd love for your, even your greeting people today to carry with it some sense of hope. You know, rather than just saying, hey, God bless you, love you, good to see you, but maybe say, hey, listen, pray for me. I'm trusting that God's got great things ahead for me. Or I'm praying for you because I just believe God's got some powerful things ahead for you. I guess what I'm asking you to do is speak life to each other today not just the regular casual greedy, and there's nothing wrong with the casual greedy but I just feel that there's, a, there's what we call an old church an anointing and it's the word that means empowered there's an empowering here today for us to push past some things and into some things so the Lord bless you I just speak life over you I see greatness in you and your greater days are ahead of you God bless you all
0: Thank you for joining us today. If you said that prayer and accepted Jesus into your heart, it's the best decision you could ever make. We want to celebrate with you and we have some tools to help you on your journey. Just text JESUS to 48074. To find out more about Calvary Revival Church, text GUEST to 48074. Be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Thanks for listening. Now go out and make a difference.